Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Henry Flagler was a white industrialist who got rich by exploiting black labor. Flagler then started buying newspapers because he understood the importance of having the press on his side. And it turns out that white newspaper editors in this country have a long history of siding with powerful white men like Mr. Flagler. But is that still a problem today? Does that continue? Does the media vilify? Black Americans? Well, let's get down to business. The business of being black today is does the media vilify black Americans? Please welcome the co-founder of Ed Anime Productions, Dr. Mayotte. Hi, Dr. Mayotte. Thank you for coming back. Hi, Tammy. How are you? Beautiful, lovely, fantastic. The founder of Mass Exodus Movement, Keisha King. Keisha, welcome back. Thank you, Tammy. Good to see you. Great to see you. Always learn when you're on board. The Director of Diversity for the Indiana Republican Party, Whitley Yates, is here with us. Hi, Whitley. Hello, Tammy. It's good to be here. Thank you for being uh, for returning as well. And entertainment reporter Ty Cole is in the house. <laughs> Hi, Tammy. How are you? Hi, Ty. Listen, you all know the deal. The first question is always, why should I care? Why should I give a hoot about what we are talking about on the business of being black with Tammy Mack? Why should black people care if the media is vilifying them? Ty, kick things off for us. I just feel like, you know, the reason why we should care is I'm black, so I care. So I feel like there's a lot of, you know, different types of media and content that isn't always worth it in our favor, especially how we're seen, the light that we're usually seen in a lot of times, sometimes the roles that we're given that we only have access to in order to get in front of the camera, and also the lack of opportunities and jobs that we have, which doesn't always favor us and pushes into the best lighting. So I feel like a lot of times the media, they push out a certain narrative that showcases Black people as one way, and they forget that we are not a monolith. And I think that right there is the issue. Yeah. That is the purpose and the reason behind this show, to show people that we are not a monolith. We think differently. We have different backgrounds. Whitley, what say you? Why should Black people care whether the media is vilifying us or not? You know, I think it's really important that representation in all forms matter. And for those who haven't necessarily been exposed and live in rural communities and may not have interactions with Black people on a daily basis and go off of what they see in the media, that they will actually have accurate portrayals of who we are and not archetypes. That's why we should care. Dr. Mayotte. Oh, well, we should definitely care because as Dr. Leonard Jeffries has said, whoever controls the images controls your self-esteem, self-respect and self-development. And so we absolutely should care. Uh, you know, images uh, shape our perceptions, thus the images shape our reality. Right. And so we absolutely should care. Keith King, what you got for us? Why should black people care? Yeah. So the media is supposed to speak truth to power. And so if the if those images and, and the representation and what we are seeing is not accurate, then we have a problem because that's how a lot of that's how we learn about what's going on in our communities. That's how we learn about what's going on in the country. That's how we learn about what is happening around us. And if those uh, images and the news is not being uh, portrayed accurately, then we're not getting a clear uh, understanding of what is actually going on around us. And I think it is, it's imperative that the media be honest about what's, what's happening. So does the media vilify black Americans, Keisha? I think that now the media has flipped. So many times major stories, if uh, particularly, let's just say it's a, a violent crime story. If the perpetrator is a black person, they tend to not want to tell the story that what's going on in that community because the perpetrator happens to be black. I mean, we can't we can't not 
um, know about what's going on and we can't not want to tell those stories just because a person is black. Many times it just doesn't fit the narrative of this new woke ideology of this new, this idea that black people are still continually oppressed and that we can't do anything, which I'm so sick of hearing. Um, that is not the case, but if it happens to be a black person that is, you know, causing havoc in their community, I'm sure their neighbors and, and the people around them, they need to know that. Dr. Maya? Yeah, I I don't know what media she's been watching, but I, I live in Baltimore. And when you turn on the television in Baltimore, you know, the media here has no problems in, in, in showing black men. If black men have done committed crimes or done anything in our community, they show the picture on TV. And so literally day in and day out, uh, you see images of, of black men depicted as, as criminals here. And this is not to say that there aren't black men who aren't committing crimes. But where I live at, uh, they will show you a, an image of a black male criminal faster than they will show you the image of a white male criminal. Um, black people have always been vilified in the media going all the way back to the 1800s, okay, with, you know, the minstrel shows and with these different racial caricatures and different movies like Gone with the Wind, Birth of a Nation, uh, Tarzan movies. And so today it may not be those images, but now it's the, it's the pimp, it's the thug. Uh, the black male image is worth billions of dollars in America. And so this is something that, that you know, that we must, you know, bring attention to. But don't you think that is uh, limited today with uh, with the way that we have more black creators now? We have more black media outlets now. We have social media, the Internet, where black people can now speak for themselves. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely believe that we can uh, speak for ourselves. Absolutely. But this is not to deny uh, the, the power of mainstream media. And I mean, look at the Tyler Perry films that are put out of, of black folks. I mean, it's it's buffoonery. They Sambo shows it's like a modern day minstrel show. Or if you look at some of these uh, housewives of Atlanta shows. And so black women are depicted as materialistic. Uh, in a lot of these films, you know, black women are depicted as, uh, you know, pro being promiscuous. And so I think that the, the uh, anti-black imagery still exists today uh, in light of us having social media and, and access to, um, I guess, you know, production companies and, and labels. Ty, talk to me. You're in the entertainment industry. Is what Dr. Mayotte saying true about Tyler Perry's uh, productions being buffoonery and the housewives uh, putting a bad, uh, the bad light on black women? I mean, there are other housewives that do the same thing, right? I mean, we can talk about the housewives of Beverly Hills and how they run around tossing water in each other's face as well. What's the difference, Ty? I feel, you know, a few of, 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 of doctor sentiments. I do think that, you know, we are multi-layered. So when it comes to content that is being pushed out, there's a certain type of content for different types of people. You know, we have the best man series, you know, then we have things like snowfall and power. So I feel like there's different avenues we're able to take. Um, when it comes to the housewives uh, take, I will have to slightly disagree a little bit because I do watch the housewives and I am an avid watcher every week and they do showcase a lot of their businesses. You have Dr. Wendy Osefo, who is on CNN, who has her own line, who really is like out here, like doing the work and activism. You have Candace who was showing people you can use a platform to become a really successful R&B artist. She's been touring and has been opening acts for different acts like SWV, Faith Evans. So I really feel like it depends on, you know, what content you're looking for. I will say a lot of times when it comes to some of the unfortunate, you know, I don't want to say lackluster, but the different types of content that is pushed out that could be a little more polished, it tends to get pushed out a little bit more. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone has seen on Twitter and social media when it comes to those TV films um, that has been being pushed out and people saying, oh my God, this is the only content that we have. But then there's other, you know, amazing web series and, and different things that are on different networks that we can watch as well. So I think it's more so of what are you looking for? What are you searching for? 
What are you interested in? Because we all have different interests. You know, some people may watch Zeus. Some people don't like the Zeus. Some people may go to another network like a BT Plus and watch something. Yeah, I can only day. take the Zeus clips. I cannot take a whole Zeus network. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Whitley, but, right. Whitley. Can, I, I will say I, I am you know, not watching Zeus, but you know, that there's a, we're, we're not um, watching, but we're watching. Wink, wink. Yeah. You see it, you know, like <laughs> right. I may scroll see, on the Twitter. We see you Zeus. We see you, but we, we don't see you. Um, see do black face. people have a tendency to blame the media Whitley? Is there a tendency for black people to blame the media on their problems? Um, I think sometimes that that can happen. But when I'm listening to what Keisha's saying and when I'm listening to what Dr. Mayotte's saying, the truth is they both can be true. There is historical data that shows that Black people are negatively represented within the media and the quantity of our representation, even though it may be more, is a lot of times stereotypical and negative. However, we have seen this move. If this, If something that happens negatively within the community does not fit the media's narrative, which we are kind of seeing in California, a lot of those stories then get suppressed. If the person or perpetrator does not fit a specific narrative, if they want to villainize a specific group of people or make people seem X, Y, and Z, they will not cover the story in the same way. And so you see that on both sides. You see Black people being protected sometimes by the media, and these are perpetrators of violence within our community. At the same time, you can go to a different news station or different media outlets and see Black people being torn down and stereotyped in archetypes. Both things can be true. Overall, though, I do believe that there is a level of self-accountability that we must have, right? My parents always said different news for different views. So what you're watching and consuming says a lot about who you are, what you believe, and what you believe to be true. But we as a people must not give them ammunition to consistently show us in a negative light. Not saying we always have to be above reproach, just saying that as a community, we should come together and make sure that the children that we're raising, the ones that we are mentoring, are making good decisions that cast a great light on us. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I'm with that. But sometimes they're casting light on us that doesn't even exist, don't you think? Sometimes uh, they have made us guilty before we even have a case. I mean, come on. We can raise our kids however we want to raise our kids, and they can be great and wonderful uh, contributors to the community and straight A's and then get caught with $25 worth of marijuana and serve a seven-year prison sentence and look like they're the worst person in the entire world based on the media reports. We're going to talk about that when we return on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And the business of being black today is does the media vilify black Americans? NPR reports research that indicates black boys are more likely to be viewed as adults than white boys. Why do you think that is, Keisha? Um, I think it could be for several reasons. Um, sometimes uh, there are, when, when there is no father in your in the home, then children many times have to take up that responsibility of being sort of the parent sometimes if the if your mother is working or if it's a single a single father the he's working and so daughters and sons they are having to take on a role of being more responsible before the time that they are that they need to be uh, more responsible and so that can make you maybe that can make you appear to be more uh, older than what 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 you really are I'm not really sure uh, I don't know that statistic but I um, I would I would like to think that it's probably because the children are looking more uh, grown, as we would say, <laughs> because I see girls, you know, walking around sometimes and they don't look like 15 year old little girls. They look like adults. And, you know, I, I'm not sure about boys, but sometimes, you know, I can't really say about boys, but for girls, for sure, I have seen young girls who look much older than what they really are. Dr. Maya? No, I, I just think that young black boys aren't, you know, depicted as, you know, these childlike, innocent people, right? I, like typically when you see 
black males, they are depicted as criminals. Think about the book that was written by uh, Dr. Michelle Alexander. She talked about a study in her in her book uh, where, you know, there were a group of, of white people and they said, well, if you close your eyes and imagine a criminal, who do you who do you see? And they said, you know, black, black, young, black males. That's what they said in the study. And so um, a lot of that, you know, the reasons why our boys aren't, you know, are depicted or seen as as adults is because the way the media portrays them to be. Whitley? So I sit on a nonprofit that specifically mentors young black males who have had um, issues or at risk uh, teens and youth. And I think that the issue specifically with young black men in this country um, is something that we've had since we involuntarily arrived here. And that is the strength and um, prosperity lies within having strong black men within our community. And so we've watched through legislation, through policies, through mass incarceration, um, black men be systemically removed from our homes, systemically taken away, beaten down. Um, and this is a culture of America. And so when you are thinking or seeing young black men and you haven't been exposed to young black men and you're a part of the majority and not the minority and you don't know any who look um, like your son, who act like your son because all the representation and pictures you've seen have been negative, then you don't know about how these young black boys could be or are contributing to our society in amazing ways. And so it's really sad uh, for me to see how they're treated specifically when it comes to when mistakes are made. I, I think a lot of times what happens is, and look, I'm not going to blame uh, everybody, but I can say that there have been a lot of democratic policies that have negatively impacted young black men, disproportionately locked up young black men. And so when you're looking at why people are looking at our young black men in a specific way, I mean, we can honestly thank people like Joe Biden who are currently in the white house um, with the, bills that they set forth, not only imprisoning the father, but the son, the, the school to prison pipeline. I mean, I could go on and on, but I think we all know the truth of why young black men are seen in this way. Mm. And if I, I, go ahead, Keisha. If I may add, I, I think there's also a component where we see that when, when there are young black men who are being portrayed in a certain way, there's way more young black men that are doing amazing things. And I think that's why I was pressing the narrative, because if the narrative is being set one way, but the reality is something totally different. And like you were saying, Tammy, we have an opportunity to where we can show our own success now. We don't have to rely on, on the media to show that. And it does give the idea that most black people are doing this or that, but it's not the case. It is just not the case. And we have to, uh, unfortunately, many of these uh, institutions that push out this garbage are, they are typically, they happen to be on the left. So we have to wonder if these are the people that are saying that they just love black people and they, you know, we want to support black people, but they are in control of many of these institutions, but they don't, they're not pushing out those images. You know, even outside of the, 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 you know, the violence and things like that, there are way more black children, black boys who are doing amazing things in this country than there are negative. Absolutely. But we don't see those stories. So who's at, they, they have the, the, the microphone, they have the bully pulpit pulpit to put the images out that they want. So I think we have to question, do are you really for black people? Like you say you are, um, because we, we, we're having this conversation because clearly uh, it's a question, but they have the control and power to do it. Wow. Ty, I you, think it's the visual representation. Ty, you're a young black boy. Talk about it. I was going to say, I think it's also the, the, the visual representation thing that we're consuming on the internet as well. So when it comes to the music, when it comes to what you see on social media, when it comes to what you're being taught at home as well, you know, we can, and I agree with everyone's sentiments, like, you know, what also is with what is being out here, what's being pushed out, what is being shown, but also what are you teaching them at home? You know, I see a lot of like toxic masculinity on the timeline all the time where you see a lot of, you know, these men and sometimes even like women and whomever is in their home kind of like pushing out like certain narratives on what it is to like look like or be like a black man or a black boy, but also not allow them to be a black boy. Well, let them be a young person. Let them like be five or six. Like you don't have to push so much on them 
in order for them to, you know, kind of understand certain things of the world. Like, yes, give them that conversation and prep them, but also allow them to be a boy. Don't call them a little man. Don't say, oh, you're like, you're my man. Like, you're my little man. Like, don't treat them as if like they are like a man already, like allow them to be their age and enjoy themselves. When I was growing up, my mom made sure that I was a child, like stood in a child's place. I was able to be a child. Like I was literally meant and allowed to be a young child and grew up into a man. So I think also the music that they're allowing to be consumed, which talks about drugs and talks about how they, you know, disrespect women all the time. I think that also can kind of, you know, play a part as well. There's a lot of things in media that like they need to be careful of that they're getting their hands on and their hands in. With the side eye you a little bit. Listen, I am completely disagreeing with toxic masculinity. I don't think toxicity is feminine or masculine. People can be toxic, period. And I don't want to perpetuate that trope or that stereotype that black men are toxic or their masculinity is toxic. So I do not agree with that. However, piggybacking off of you, Ty, the truth- Why didn't say black men were toxic? I just said was a lot of toxic masculinity, which to and me I don't like. I don't like anyone, but I want to put out there: I never said. Nor do I think that it can only toxic can come from black men? It can come from anybody? No, absolutely, but that whole toxic. I, I actually agree with Whitley. I don't like that term toxic masculinity at all because she's right. Whether you're a man or female, you could be toxic. So let's just kind of focus on you know toxic messages being promoted to young black boys and young mm-hmm. black girls. That's a better term. That whole I, notion I, I of toxic to masculinity. I hell, I want them to bring black. Please, please bring back masculinity because we see how our communities look without it. So I'm against I, that whole toxic masculinity. And I think we need to talk about the fact that in the home, sometimes these black men are the only, these children are the only black men within the home. They have not had relationships. They have not had mentors. They have not had strong father figures in the home. So when you're saying like, don't call him little man, that may be the only little man that's around. And we have to be able to have that level of self-accountability to make sure that we are, are being mentors and we are guiding our young black men with also other young black men within our community. Absolutely. And the goal, Tammy, is also for our young boys to become men. So I don't see it anything wrong with grooming my son or nurturing him with the understanding that one day he's going to be a man. So yes, he is my little man. Yeah. But I think that let's talk about it in media today, grooming a young black boy to be a man is not what's mainstream. That is not the narrative. They're grooming That's other right. things and it is not grooming them into, into being leaders, into being thought um, seekers, spheres of influence within the black community. That's not That's the right. that has been happening specifically within the black community. And I think that without us addressing that is also a problem. And I Absolutely. think that has a lot to do with progressivism kind of reeking into the black communities systemically and making us believe who and what we should be based upon historic ancestrally. Let's take a quick break on that. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack, and the business of being black today is does the media vilify black Americans? Please welcome the co-founder of Ed Anime Productions, Dr. Mayotte, is with us today. The founder of Mass Exodus Movement, Keisha King. The director of diversity for the Indiana Republican Party, Whitley Yates, is here. And entertainment reporter, Ty Cole, is with us as well. So the Center for American Progress reports that Donald Trump perpetrated false claims that murder rates were rising overall, and the news media amplified national level fear by reporting on Trump. What are your thoughts on that? Keisha, we'll go to you on that. Um, during President Trump's uh, 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 tenure, he crime was going up uh, most because of BLM, and uh, you know the the narratives that were created around that. There were and and uh, I'm sorry, and defunding the police, defunding the police. That was literally targeted to black neighborhoods and black people were literally vulnerable because there was less police, there was less police officers that wanted who, you know, to to go out and protect uh, the community because they felt like they were going to be vilified. And so yes, crime rose. It's 
still rising because of these, again, narratives that were put in, not just narratives with BLM, but actions that were taken into the community and not just by black people. There were people that came in and these Antifa groups, there were, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't uh, res respectable of a race. It was all types of people that were joining in this BLM movement, but causing wreaking havoc on, on black neighborhoods. There were people that died just because they were happened to live in a certain area and BLM had come into their neighborhoods. And so, yes, it is true that um, during Trump's tenure, crime was rising, particularly in black. It was rising all over the country, truth be told, but particularly in black neighborhoods. And we forget the the victims of what is happening when crime goes up. We pay attention to the criminal and not the victims of the crime. And many times they happen, they were black people. So we can't on one side of our mouth say we care about black people and we care about black lives. And then on the other hand, when there are black victims, we totally ignore it. Dr. Maya. I was just going to ask uh, uh, Keisha, did, did she feel like uh, that uh, Donald Trump's rhetoric? So she mentioned Black Lives Matter. And, and by the way, I, I'm not a fan of that that organization at all. But she mentions Black Lives Matter and, and different organizations and groups, you know, coming into the black community. And she's 100 percent correct with, with what she just articulated. But I wanted to ask her, did she feel like Donald Trump's rhetoric and him inciting groups like the Proud Boys? Did that have anything to do with the rise in violence? How does she feel the, the about some of the things that Donald Trump that, said out of his mouth? Yeah, the report actually says that the news media amplified national level fear by reporting on Trump. So Keisha, do you believe that Trump was responsible for any of it as well? No, no, I don't. And, you know, the, the Proud Boys thing, first of all, I don't even think Donald Trump knew who the Proud Boys were. And that was at the end of 2020 when he was running for a re-election. That was not the majority. The Proud Boys were not really in the conversation uh, during his tenure. And if anything, it was the media. I think that what that said is correct. It was the media that was amplify amplifying uh, certain parts of something that he said to make it seem like he was saying one thing that he wasn't really saying. They literally had it out for for Donald Trump. And, you know, I, I used to live in New York City I, and I was in the music business in New York City. Black people in the we loved Trump. He was we, he was talked about a lot. It was only until the media he ran for president as a Republican, and then he was all of a sudden this racist who hated black people and all of these things. And so mm -hmm. I I just don't it, it it was again the media trying to make it seem one way when it wasn't really that way and. That goes to show you how powerful the media is because they literally have the microphone, they bully pulpit to push anything that they want. They can make someone good look totally bad and make someone bad look totally good. If you if you loop, they put that message on loop and they can play it all over the, the most popular news sites. It gets into social media. It literally yeah. becomes a part of everybody's conversation. That's why media is extremely important and they have to be more responsible when they're telling these stories and when they're talking about certain things because they have so much power. Right. Tammy, Tammy, you mind if I plus one what she said? I was when she was talking, I was think of, thinking about Malcolm X who said that the media is one of the most powerful entities on the, on the planet. It has, they have the power to make the innocent look guilty and the guilty innocent. So I just wanted to plus one what Keisha said. Yeah. I think, I think we um, should really think about this in terms of, of what you just said. Donald Trump said that crime is rising and we automatically assume that it's our fault. We automatically assume that it's the black community that's causing it, whether it's the truth or, or not the truth. And, and is how that is, is that, uh, is that because of the media? I think that it, listen, I think media is downstream from American culture. And I think that the media is a symptom of American culture. And so when we're talking about how we're exposed, how we're not valued or degraded, that is a direct representation, right, of American culture that still exists, right? These vestiges that are still here within this country. And it's one of the things that we, when I'm looking at history and when we're talking about things that have happened in the past, like this level of atonement to really understand who we are as a country, what we've been through, where we're going and how we're going to get there is so 
vital and important. But crime is proximal. So I don't believe in black on black crime or, you know, crime happens in neighborhoods and usually perpetrate the crime look like you or are the people that live within your neighborhood. And so just now, you know, we're talking about, well, was it going up or, or was it not? It may have felt like it was going up to me, whether the data or statistics showed that it was or wasn't. If my friends are getting robbed, if my cousin is getting shot, both of my little cousins have been shot. They're young teenagers. One of them is confined to a wheelchair. The other one is a vegetable. So whether or not the data shows it, the deliverables in my life and how crime impacts me is felt each and every day. So then let's talk about, uh, I, I don't think we can talk about the media and Donald Trump without mentioning the central five and how it has, you know, it, it affects how black people are vilified. Obviously they are now referred to as the exonerated five because they were exonerated of this crime uh, that we all are aware of at this point in time. So did the media have anything to do with the Central Park Five being arrested and being charged and being jailed for most, if not all of their, well, all of their childhood into their adulthood and Donald Trump's one page uh, manifesto uh, that he purchased in the New York Times. Did that have anything to do with it? Let's talk about that when we talk about vilifying black boys. This is a prime example of how the media works. Uh, you want to talk about it, Ty? Yeah, I mean, I agree with your sentiments. And I also just feel like a lot of times we are consuming a lot of things in media. And a lot of times we can kind of fall in fall and being victim of just like kind of believing what we see because it's pushed out so much. So if you hear like one publication pick up something and then all of them pick it up, sometimes if you're like a consumer, you're like, oh, this must be true. So I think a lot of times we have to be a little bit mindful when it comes to consuming and consumption and really just doing our own facts and understanding things. When it comes to crime and, and being raised in what you were just saying, Tammy, my opinion on that is for the most part, I didn't really like see it in my area, but it doesn't mean it's not happening. So because I don't see something, doesn't mean it's not happening around me, doesn't mean it's not happening in another area, another state. So I never try to double down on, you know, what someone else may be experiencing or feeling because it's not happening in my world. Right. Everyone has their own world. Dr. Mayat, what do you say about the Central Park Five and how the media may have perpetuated these men into becoming villains? I mean, absolutely, Tammy. I think that this just gives further credence to what, uh, you know, Keisha and I were, were uh, uh, what we articulated earlier in that just the power of the media, how the media can make you look innocent or guilty. Yeah. So the media vilified them. So in the, in the in the court of public opinion, these boys were already guilty before they had a before they had a trial. Right. And, and so, again, that just that example that you gave, uh, Tammy, just gives credence to the whole uh, to the fact, not even the idea, but to the fact that uh, the media can can make you look guilty or make you look innocent. The media can paint you to look the way it wants to make you look. Okay. And so I, you know, again, this, to me, I just think that you just gave a wonderful example of how the media is used to, to vilify African-American males. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And the Business of Being Black today is, are Black Americans vilified through the media? Certainly not this media outlet, right? Not the Business of Being Black. Whitley, talk about uh, Trump putting out his manifesto, uh, one-page little manifesto when it came to the Central Park Five. Yeah. So one, I just want to say the exonerated five um, have all of my condolences for what they went through. But I think that this is not a testament necessarily against Trump. Now, that is not my cross to carry or my water to carry. But what I will say is there was so much misinformation about what was happening that he felt so convicted that he spent his own money to say that they should be arrested. And I think that it's really a testament to the media's misinformation on how they can create this level of 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 ethos to garner people to either support um, or reject or condemn uh, people into believing things that are not true without any credence or any type of uh, sub substantial evidence to back it up. 
And we're and we'll say, the sad thing about that, though, also is that you've now created a culture of divide. You now have these people, even after they were exonerated, you still have people saying, I don't care. They are still guilty in my eyes. And I was in the courtroom or I read the news articles from back then. I don't care what they say today. And so there are still uh, there are still people in America who believe 100 percent that they should have not been exonerated. Donald Trump probably being one of them as well, because he never apologized. Should he have apologized, Keisha? Um, I'm, I, I want to, I'm not, I mean, I'm not here to say whether he should have apologized or not, but what I will say is that when he, if, if I remember correctly, he, that article, which many people did not read, but just again, going off of what other people were saying, he didn't mention, he was saying that whomever committed the crime, because a lot of crime was happening back. If, if you remember in New York city around central park, there was a lot of crime that was going on during that time. And he was saying like, look, this has to stop. Maybe he was saying it because a lot of his properties were over there. He was like, look, we need to calm this down because people are not gonna wanna come in, come over to this part of town. I don't know, but I'm just saying, you, we, I think we really need to make, sh to read what he wrote first to make sure that we, we even like, is our anger towards him and this article properly put in the right, is it properly put in the right direction? And there were officers black officers who were interviewing those those boys and i'm not saying that they were guilty i'm saying that it it may be more nuanced it may be more to this story than what was portrayed in the media and so before we just you know fly out the handle and, and go with the latest thing i think that we might want to i think ty said this like take a step back and kind of don't read maybe read different things and, and get the try to get as best of the full story that we can so we can when we are speaking about these things that we actually know that we're you know try to be on, on the right side as possible because i don't think that um that story is as cut and dry as it was portrayed in the media it, yeah. well, well, certainly donald trump i just want to say donald trump um still doesn't accept their innocence, even though uh, they were exonerated with DNA. Go ahead, Dr. Mayan. Yeah, I just wanted to add on to what uh, Whitley, well, Whitley uh, was saying earlier when she said, like, if there was a lot of misinformation uh, surrounding this story. I would just want to add that I think it was also some disinformation and malinformation. And I think that when we consume media, we need to understand the difference between the three, right? Misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. So with misinformation, there's a sense of falseness that's happening, right? Like, but it's unintentional. So you are uh, circulating things. Right. Yeah, that, that's, there's a falseness there. It's incorrect, but it's unintentional. Whereas disinformation, you are literally purposefully uh, you know, circulating, you know, or, or fabricating, you know, just deliberate, manipulated, you know, information, right? And then you have mild information where you're publishing things with the intent to actually harm someone's, you know, reputation or someone's character. So I think that when we uh, I think that when we do consume media, that we need to be cognizant that these things are out there, right? Like misinformation is out there, disinformation, malinformation, and develop the critical thinking skills to decipher between the three and to guard ourselves against those things. What's yeah. interesting to me is that today in 2023, the media and how powerful they are has not changed since Orson Welles' War, War of the World uh, when he was simply narrating uh, a script, a movie script, you, if you would say, and everyone thought it was real and panic came across America. Uh, so it's interesting how that is today, how you can tweet something or Instagram something and panic will come all across the world. I, I recently remember just as of, I think it was yesterday or two, two, two weeks ago, maybe. No, I'm sorry. Two days ago, uh, the disinformation, I guess we could say of 
Aretha Franklin being canceled because of her uh, song, Natural Woman. Well, it was a troll account that tweeted that out and it was never intended uh, for anyone to cancel Aretha Franklin or to speak or represent on behalf of the LGBTQIA community. It was simply uh, a parody to get people up in an uproar. And that certainly happened. Uh, Ty, I see you know about that story a little bit. Yeah, because it kind of bothered me because people didn't do their research or found credible sourcing. So when it comes to, I mean, it's true. Like the the parody satire account, like even said it was a satire account. So like you, that's the facts of the facts. So I feel like when you are looking for stories, whether you're a journalist or whomever, like there's so much power when people say but also they recognize your own power. So if you're going out and you're looking up something and you're seeing something, make sure you're fact-checking, make sure you're double-checking, make sure you're finding credible sourcing, make sure you're finding credible resources in general. But you can't just go off of what someone says. Willie could tweet out something right now and it could be true or it could be false, but I'm not going to just assume, oh, because she said I'm going to automatically believe it. But you know what, Ty, I want to, I want to make this journalism. Okay. A journalist's job, obviously, is to get both sides of the story. I look, I don't know where journalism lies today. So let me just say, speaking from an original content of what journalism is supposed to be, a journalist is supposed to give you both sides of a story and place no opinion within the context of the facts that they are supposed to give you. That is the job of a journalist to lay out all the facts, both sides of the facts and let you be the judge of it right Mm -hmm. and so for me uh, a, a journalist should also fact check before they put their facts out. And so it's kind of like if you get your hair done, right? If you're getting your hair done, the hairstylist is supposed to do everything they're supposed to do with your hair, condition it, trim it, whatever it is they know to do. So then why are we asking regular people who are not journalists to fact check? to double check who they're listening to. Like, why is it incumbent on regular people today to do all of this research? You know, I think think that this goes back to education. So many of us, um, our education system is terrible and we are not taught to to critically think and so we are we get these quick little hits of dopamine in our in our social media uh, news feed and clickbait. we don't have clickbait that is what they call them right clickbait yes clickbait. yes and we don't have mm-hmm. the default to say hmm i wonder if this is true is this not true is this you know is this hyperbole is it uh, you know is it is it a, a um parody account we just automatically think that because it's on tv and americans do like you know we are fascinated with celebrities we're fascinated with you know people on tv and fascinated with you know how many followers people have and things like that to 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 say like that gives you credit uh, and not realize that these are still human beings they are still subject to you know being uh, false or being or, or lying flat out lying and not critically think about what we are putting out and so we have to be more thoughtful about what we're reading and ty was saying this and and make sure that it is you know fact checked whitley that par- that account didn't say parody until after people refused to agree with what that account was saying. And the fact that American people thought it was real just shows how far down the spectrum we are so socially aware that we would cancel a song about natural women because it perpetuated crime against trans women. It's, Come on. it's crazy. And it shows just where we are as a society that we even thought it was true. Negative imagery depicting black males as thugs was widely seen throughout uh, the 21st century. Are black males still stereotyped this way? We'll talk about it when we return. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. The business of being black today is, does the media vilify black Americans? Um, we've got to do, I, I mean, I have got to do a, a lightning round here because I'm just interested in knowing if it's a yes or no from you all. But before we get to that lightning round, Dr. Mayotte, uh, you definitely had some things you wanted to mention. 
Absolutely, Tammy. And thank you for, for allowing me to do so. So earlier you mentioned Henry Flagler. Flagler, And I want to do more research on, on Henry because I never heard of him. But I said we can't have a conversation about media without men mentioning Edward Bernays. OK, so Edward Bernays is the person who actually pioneered public relations. And so he's often referred to as the father of public relations. And he was actually responsible for getting women to smoke. Back in the day, women didn't smoke, but then he realized, okay, if I create an ad that looks like this and I put packs of cigarettes in celebrities' hands, then it will become culturally acceptable for women to smoke. And then women began to smoke. And so he understood the power of the media. And Tammy, he said that whoever can manipulate what he calls this unseen mechanism of society constitutes an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. And so I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned his name, Edward Bernays, so the audience or the viewers can go and research him. Absolutely. Does rap culture and the glorification of street life give the media justification for some of its coverage? Who wants to take that? I'll take it. <laughs> go ahead, Keisha. Go ahead, Keisha. Um, so let's be just honest. The 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 music that comes in now. I am a hip hop fan. Like I probably know every Biggie song. He was my favorite rapper. I probably know every song he ever made, literally line by line. But is that music the kind of music that I want my children to listen to? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And those images, those lyrics, those the, the all of it, the, the culture that is around hip hop is terrible. It is terrible and it is not good. It certainly does influence, just like the doctor was saying, it's going when you have that invisible, unseen, uh, strategically placed uh, narrative, th that rhetoric, it is it's going to affect children. It is going to affect adults. If you keep listening to something, it will affect you. I remember hearing uh, uh, someone say, you don't ever hear somebody that's going to rob somebody. They're not listening to Precious Lord, you know, when they're going to go do some dirt. They're not. They're listening to something that's going to get them more into the mood. And I, honestly, I you're right. Like I don't find myself twerking to Precious Lord, but you exactly. drop you drop some little John, and I'm dropping it like it's hot. Exactly. Uh, uh, Forbes reports that hashtags on social media, like hashtag Black Excellence and hashtag Black Girl Magic or uh, Black Boy Joy, are actually harmful to Black people because they hint at the notion that Black people who embody those hashtags are not typical among the black population. That seems so odd to me. Yeah, I think it's that wokeism again. Absolutely, it's positive. And it's a way to highlight people within our community that are doing wonderful things. And it's not that they are an anomaly. It's just that the people who are looking at those hashtags don't know about it. So we're creating a level of exposure necessary to brand Black people and let people know that we're out here, we're achieving, we're thriving, and we're succeeding at all levels in all areas and industries. And so when, when thinking about how we elevate our own people, I don't think that we should allow us others to dictate how we can celebrate and elevate those that are within our own community. Yeah. And I think those hashtags also show us black people that we can be great, but it shows other people around the world that we are great. Absolutely. Bye. Go ahead. No, I agree. I mean, when I hit like a hashtag black boy joy and I see all these phenomenal black people doing things, it inspires me every day when I see all yeah. these, I don't, we always make the trend. So like, any kind of fun hashtag was like, hey, like the the work train or like hashtag like follow train. We see like all these amazing people doing different stuff. I'm pretty sure it's gonna like inspire someone else who sees it. Like, oh look, well they're doing it. I can do yeah, it. Yeah, it's very inspirational. Let's do a lightning round and a lightning round. Let me get let me get let me get some lightning, y'all. Let me get a little, get a little black girl oh. magic there. Yes, yes, yes. Me, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the lightning round. I'm just asking you the simple question: Does the media vilify black? Americans, yes or no, Dr. Mayotte? Yes. Oh, you can tell me why. Oh, I thought, okay, I'm sorry. So ab <laughs> absolutely. I mean, to, to sum it up, Tammy, um, we live in an anti-Black society. And so, you know, as, 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 as Whitley, or it may have been Keisha who said earlier that the, the media is a symptom of our culture, right? So if the, the culture is anti-Black, 
right? Then so will be what, what extends from the culture, which would be the media and different things. Okay. And so again, we live in an anti-black society, so I'm not surprised. I yes or no the anti-black yes. imagery. Ty, yes or no? Does the media vilify black Americans? Yes. Whitley, does the media vilify black Americans? I'm going to say yes. You're going to say yes. Okay. Because I want to say yes and no. I mean, <laughs> yes, it does. And, and also, no, it doesn't. You know, we, we help. But absolutely, they, they do highlight uh, black people in a different way and negative stereotypes. Yes. You should. Yes or no. Does the media vilify black Americans? It depends. <laughs> you never get a straight answer from this woman here. <laughs> <laughs> always gonna ride that gray fence uh okay so dr maya tell us about Meltrek conscious ingenuity okay so Meltrek is a program that teaches children about the history culture and achievements of of black people um, we're currently working on um episode three it should be out this summer can't wait and conscious ingenuity is a program that uh utilizes steam science technology engineering art and in mathematics to build character confidence and capabilities. Keisha King show, talk about it. Yes, so uh, we have the Keisha King show where we discuss faith, culture, and politics all geared towards the next generation. So catch, uh, excuse me, check out KeishaKing.com and also the MassExodusMovement.com. Love it. Whitley, tell us about the Indiana Republican Party. Yes, so um, we've launched the Indiana Republican Diversity Leadership Series because we want our party to be representative of the people that live in this state. And so we are creating a bridge and inroads in underrepresented communities that have never had interactions with conservatives before. We are in our third year of this, so we are 60 plus um, conservative strong. We're accepting applications now till the end of this month. So if anyone out there in Indianapolis or in Indiana, greater Indiana around the state, they're interested in getting involved in Republican and conservative politics, you can be the change that you want to see within your community. You can go to uh, www.indiana.gop to find out more. Ty, talk to me. What you got coming up? Well, lots of cool interviews are coming up. So interviews with Eddie Murphy, interviews with some other people I can't really say that you're all going to love. So definitely stay tuned for that. And I have a really big announcement that I can't talk about yet. But if you well, why are you telling us then? I can't. I, it's, to, it's to keep you on your toes, Tammy. <laughs> Okay, but if you follow me at Ty Cole TV or I am Ty Cole on Twitter, you can definitely see the really fun announcement because it's a really, really big milestone in my career. And I think y'all would love to see that journey. Okay, so in three words, I'm coming to each of you in three words. What can the media do to balance positive coverage of black people? Three words. What can the media do to balance the positive coverage of black people, Keisha? Be more responsible. Oh, good. Whitley, what you got? Nick's negative narratives. All right. With the ends, Ty, you got something for me? Three words. Oof. Can Doctor go first? No. Don't throw it on me. <laughs> I would say be more intentional. Okay. I think the sad part is I think they are. Dr. Mayotte, three words. And in a positive way. I agree with everything that they said. So be more intentional, be more responsible, be more careful, be more mindful. And be more intentional. Okay, thank you. That's Business of Being Black. <laughs>